Swim check one, two. Bike check one, two. Run check one, two. I think we're ready. Let's try this. Welcome to the Try Beginner's Luck podcast, a podcast where we explore the sport of triathlon from a variety of perspectives to help beginner triathletes on their journey. I am your host, Nashonda Shines. Welcome to another edition of Try Beginner's Luck. Okay, okay, okay. Yes, you already know it. I am so thrilled to be here today. You often have heard me talk about my journey in bits and pieces into the triathlon world. Well, today it is like the official, official start. Yes, I did a relay, but in terms of team and club space, this gentleman that I get to introduce you today is the head coach of Capital Y-Try, formerly known as Y-Try. When I came into the space and saw the flyers hanging around the YMCA National Capital downtown, um, now eight years ago, I had no idea what I was coming into. By the end of my first season, I knew I was hooked and had a was welcomed into a family I didn't even know I needed. And he is a big part of why I continue to come back year after year after year. All of the wisdom and the knowledge that he has poured into me specifically. Now imagine there's like hundreds of people on the team, but I felt like he poured so much into me because he knew I was like, didn't know what I was doing. Didn't have a lot of money at the time. Cause again, I've been living out this dream and I do believe he has seen me evolve over these years, you know, like coming from working overnight, trying to work overnight, be a makeup artist, model, and then still try. Yeah. I've done a lot and still make 7am practices or 6am practices, uh, right after work and working eight hours. And somehow at the time I didn't have a car when I first started and was riding the Metro and even riding the Metro was so new to me because I was from Georgia and have always had access to a car. And this was the first time that I didn't. It was just like, wow, learning so much about myself for the first time. And yet I still put myself up to the challenge to try. And I get to introduce to you the head coach of Capital Y Tribe, Mr. Larry Atkins. Welcome, Larry, to Try Beginner's Luck. Well, thank you, Mashonda. It's a great pleasure to be here and talking with you today. Yes, I don't, I'm like, I have all like the butterflies in my stomach, like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be talking to Larry. And uh, to me, I know you're, you know, you're just like, you're Larry, you're the guy, but tell us about your triathlon experience because Y-Try is not a new club. Y-Try has been around for now, what, 22 years? So tell us about how you got started into why, how you got started into triathlons. Let's start there first. I, I will. But before I start, I just want to tell you that you're one of my heroes because you have brought so much to the sport. You, you put yourself into it completely. You work so hard. I know it's, you had to make a lot of sacrifices to be able to really do it and stay with it. And you just keep the team spirit and you're just such a big part of our team. So it's, Thank you. So where did we start? I'll, the way we started was I had somebody who I, I had a little company and, and she came to uh, join my company and decided that um, she, she was actually at the Y as a, as a fitness coach, um, as a spinning coach. And then she was also doing a sergeant's in the park program. She was um, at that time, uh, just finishing up with cancer treatment. Um, and she was a uh, working full-time and she was full-time law student. Um, so she was, she was an amazing person. She decided that my fitness program was pretty bad. And she decided that she and I were going to sign up and do a triathlon. And I was at that point uh, 52 years old and didn't think a triathlon was a good idea. I thought, my goodness, is she trying to kill me? So, but then she recruited somebody who was my age, a woman who was my age, who was very proficient athlete, just to shame me into doing it. So 
So the three of us got started on trying to put together a triathlon training program for ourselves at the Y. And um, she had a spinning class. And so she recruited everybody in the spinning class. And the first year, we just fiddled around, had some fun, did some running, did some swimming, did some biking, and went down and did our first race. And I realized we had a long way to go in understanding how to do this sport when uh, the, somebody had gotten a, a school bus to pick us up and take us down to the race for the morning. And the school bus showed up, and we were all standing there with our bikes, and we're looking at each other. Where are we supposed to put the bikes? So, but we made it. We had a good time. Everybody had so much fun. They came across the finish line and said, hey, when's the next race? So and that was the beginning of Why Try. And ever since then, it's been, it's kept that same kind of character, which is that it's basically a bunch of people who come together and want to do this. And none of us are the experts. We just love the sport. We love working with each other and working with newbies and helping them to love the sport. And it's a totally volunteer program. And it's lasted that way for 22 years. Larry, I can't let something slide that I just heard. I just can't. Because this is really what it's all about. The first thing, I didn't even put two and two together. I think Larry is, the fact that you started doing triathlons at 52, wow. Like your first race ever was at 52 years old. That's right. Ladies actually, and gentlemen. Go actually ahead. 53. <laughs> 53. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't matter when you try or when you start to try. This is a perfect example. And wait until we get into more of Larry's story. You'll know why. It's never too late. Now, you also said you guys took bikes to the bus that came to pick you up what type of race was this was it a sprint was it an olympic like what was your first distance that you did this was a race um down in um in southern maryland uh that was a combination of a olympic and a sprint we were for the olympic the race was called spud i don't know why um and it was, it, there were, um, so they were running both a sprint and an Olympic at the same time. Uh, they basically had four waves for the swim. They had a men's Olympic, a women's Olympic, a men's sprint and a women's sprint. And that was it. Those were the waves. And, uh, it was very informal kind of race. Uh, but that was our, that was our first race. And then, uh, you know, in those days, it wasn't, it was still not early in triathlon, but it was still kind of developing as a sport. It wasn't as, as um, formalized as a lot of it has become. So the races were, some, many of the races were pretty casual. I love that. I love that. So it was three of you guys getting started. Because I understand the output of what Capital Y Tri is, can you tell us if why try is considered a club or a team? And if what is the difference between the two? Well, we are a team because we and we do compete sometimes as a team, although those team races are pretty rare. But uh, we um, we function as a club in the sense that uh, we have a newbie class every year and we do a training program. So we do a 19 week training program. It's a very structured training program. We have about 20 coaches. Um, we get about somewhere between somewhere around 30 people a year who sign up in the newbie program. Um, and that's usually about, you know, 30 to 50 is kind of the range that we can handle. Um, so we get about 30, 35 people. And then, uh, they come in for the training and, and are in a formal training program, but of course they become members of the team. And they, we have about 125 to 150 people on the, in the, on the team overall uh, in any given year. And uh, most of those are returning members of the, of the club. So the club is, the, the club is essentially the, 
rest of the program, training program that's not the newbie program. Which I love. Now that I look back on it, the newbie program was truly like an initiation, right? It's like you get recognized as a newbie and you have a newbie class. Like I think about my newbie class and how the next year after we all became like coaches in different formats and we just kind of just kept growing with the, uh, the club and the team. And I really love how we operate. And I think that you have a secret formula that I would love other people to hear about because oftentimes there are organizations that have a really tough time understanding doing something for the love of it and may not necessarily getting paid for it. And in this case, you have 20 coaches. Do these coaches get paid? No, no, this is an entirely volunteer program. Nobody gets paid. Um, we, we have a, a membership fee. So we, we have a fee that uh, if you're doing the training program, you pay for the training program. That that fee goes to the YMCA as a donation, basically. It's not, we don't, it doesn't come to the club. The club collects a $20 uh, activity fee that we just use to help fund parties and food at the finish line and that kind of thing. And, um, but the rest of us are all doing it just because we love it and because we love the ability to be working with other people to share our, you know, our experiences and our love of the sport with others. And I think we've always had the approach that everybody, anybody who wants to can do, uh, you know, a triathlon. I mean, it, uh, we, we don't see any, any limits to, to being able to do that. And so we've had, you know, right now, I'm very proud to say that we have, a few 70 year old other 70 year olds in the program so but at the same time you know we've had people who come in with um, health problems and challenge other kinds of challenges and stuff um and and have um been able to overcome those and done really well in the program and been able to do the sport well so we just feel like everybody is um fits fits in the program someplace and that's kind of our philosophy. We, and we really want to throw a broad net. We like to pick up, you know, try to get a real diverse group of people together. I love that. And I asked you, I asked that question because I wanted you to reiterate the fact that this is a volunteer ran group and that everyone comes to it for that purpose. And that's how it runs. You, you, there is a 19 week program that is very planned. It is very structured and people are committed to that. And I haven't, as long as I've been a part of the organization, which is now eight years, realized that there has never really been any drama. Right. How does that happen in a group like this that is volunteer ran and there's no drama? Help me understand that. Help well, the well first, of all, uh, first of all, I'll say that although I technically run the program, um, I couldn't do what I do at all without the help of almost all of the members of the club who participate in volunteering to do one thing or another uh, in the program. So, you know, on Sunday, you know, we have a group that, that gets together at the beginning of the season. Uh, we invite everybody in the club to come to it and we plan out all of the activity that we're going to have to do for that season. And, and one person will stand up and take, the overall responsibility for that activity and then five or six others will volunteer to help them and we fill out the sheet you know with ev what everybody's going to be doing so that everything that we need to get done is planned out we get it covered early on before we start the season um and then it just it just hums like a machine you know like a swiss engine it's just... and a very good swiss engine at that <laughs> i mean when i say it is well oiled and what i love too is I've noticed over the past couple of years, you've definitely taken a more relaxed seat, not back seat. You heard me say relaxed seat because you're raising up people so that they can ultimately learn your processes and learn what you're doing. And it's really working, you know, from the emails that get sent out to Tuesdays and Thursdays being um, run day, bike day, run day, bike day, and Monday, Wednesday, Fridays are swim days. And you have swim groups like 
these are people who we've had people come into the organization that didn't know how to swim. Talk about the swim program for yep. persons that do not know how to swim and can't even swim a length of the pool. Well, it's very interesting. When we started the program, uh, there are a couple of coaches that we had in the program who insisted that we had to have a threshold over which you could swim to be able to come into the program because we just didn't have the bandwidth to be able to teach people who didn't know how to swim to swim. So you had to be able to do uh, 300, uh, 300 meters in, um, in uh, uh, eight minutes, I think it was, or something like that. Anyway, and so we uh, went over, t over time, after a couple of years of that, we decided that didn't make any sense. And we just wanted to relax that rule and say, anybody could come and do it. And we would make sure that they could do it. So I've had, now often I would just go in and spend some time with them, a couple of lessons or something before the season started just to help them get ready for the swim program if they had really did, didn't know how to swim or weren't comfortable. Mm -hmm. And then try to get that, get them over the comfort zone, into the comfort zone so they could be uh, participate in the training. But one year I had someone, I had a woman from Senegal um, who had, uh, as a child, uh, been introduced to the water by getting thrown into the water and then expected to swim. And it scared her so much that she couldn't, she couldn't be comfortable in the water. She couldn't put her head in the water at all. And so I spent, you know, a couple of weeks with her before the program started and worked with her on, you know, making sure she could get to the point where she could, you know, put her head in the water and, and, and do the swimming. And then uh, she participated in the swim training. She uh, signed up and did a, a sprint triathlon and when I, I was at the finish line, when she was finishing the sprint triathlon, she came across the finish line. Her husband was there with a, with a, uh, with her son and a baby at that time. And uh, she came across the finish line. She came running up to me and threw her arms and said, I loved the swimming the best. That I've always kept that as, you know, something that just makes me feel so good about what we do in the program. That's, that to me is what this program is all about. There's I, nobody who can't do this. You're right. You are so right. And I've seen it time and time again. You know, I've seen people who didn't even want to swim, wouldn't swim, couldn't swim. And they have figured out a way to swim and enjoy it because of the coaches. And just to give you a framework about how the coaches work, the coaches uh, there's about two coaches per group of maybe seven or eight people, um, depending on the seasons in the past. And those coaches just come up with workouts and they are there to help people become better. And they're often great swimmers who just love the sport of swimming, who want to translate that to other people. And I think that that is incredible. And that's why people enjoy the swimming part and able to even complete the swimming part in their, um, whether it's their first one or their 10th one. Now, in terms of the, the biking, Y-Try is kind of unique because they have access to the YMCA. And you mentioned that, you know, a part of the fees go back to the YMCA as a donation. It's like, they're allowing us to use the fees, but it's an, also an opportunity because they are a nonprofit wanting to get people engaged. And it's an opportunity for them to work out. Talk about the, the, the biking program that Y-Try offers. Yeah. Well, of course, we, so I, I differentiate between the spinning and the, and the biking in the sense that um, to me, spinning is, a, is conditioning primarily. So even though you're on a bike and you're obviously getting some degree of bike comfort on a bike, uh, the benefit of the spinning is it's the one place where we can really do a very structured conditioning with people and we can, you're kind of there with them. You can see what they're doing. And, um, and then when it comes, when it gets warm enough, we go outside on the weekends. And so a lot of the bike uh, skills, um, we teach those outdoors on Saturdays in the group rides. So we teach about riding in a group. We teach 
uh, about you know using your gears effectively with, uh, and use and getting efficiency out of your bike because really what sports all about what the training is all about at the end of the day other than conditioning is teaching people to be able to do the the effort that's involved in swimming biking and running with the least amount of energy to be as efficient in doing it as you can physically to minimize the energy drain so that you can get through, you know, a long triathlon. Um, and, and so that's, you know, that whole efficiency, you, we do it in swimming, we do it in running and, and in the, and then spinning with the, how you use your gears and make sure that you're getting the most out of your bike. Um, so those are the you know different skill sets that we're really teaching in the bike part of the program, the bike spinning part of the program. And you forgot the bike safety because you guys are really big on bike safety. Bike safety, absolutely. And we're you know we really we really uh, do try to emphasize as much as we can safety because we're running on the city streets and we're biking and we try to find really um, secure places to bike for people who aren't comfortable necessarily on bikes at the beginning. You know, we don't want them out on city streets. So we, we have, we're lucky to have some space in Washington where there's dedicated bike uh, areas where we don't have to compete with traffic as much. And, um, and we're able then to do, uh, you know, very, make sure that everybody knows how to ride in a group, you know, how to make sure they uh, understand safety on the street with a bike uh, and things like that. And we really, we do things like we, on the running program, we say, look, if the light's about to change to red, you stop. Everybody in the group stops so that the people who are at the front of the group don't got to go charging across the street and then the back of the group gets kind of stuck at the intersection. So we try to get people to think before they cross streets, look at the situation. But it's all part of you know being aware of your surroundings. And when you get into a race, and you're with a, a ton of other people who are, you know, going as hard as they can. Uh, safety is a big part of it. So you want to be aware of that. Yeah. And I want to hit on what would be your, because obviously Y-Try is a DC centered team. We are in the city. What would you say would be your top three safety tips for uh, biking in the city or biking in general? Well, I mean, it's so one thing is that we, uh, you know, we really make sure that you are um, comfortable on your bike, that you have the bikes set up properly. Uh, so one, one thing is that bikes need to be fit. And when we're, we also, by the way, do a lot of clinics throughout this process. And one of the clinics we do at the very beginning of the, of the uh, year, you know, the training season is what we call bike 101. And we go through everything you need to know about a bicycle and how to handle it uh, in a classroom. We do it in a classroom. Um, and, but one of the things that we want to do is to get to people before they put money into a bicycle, if they're going to buy a bicycle, and just have, help them understand what it is they're looking for in a bicycle. We also have a kind of a philosophy in the program that this, is not a, this sport is not about equipment. There's a lot of equipment involved, and it can be a very expensive sport. But we've, we encourage people not to spend money up front. You know, if you have a bicycle, you know, you can make use of it for the first race. If you're going to buy a bicycle, how to buy an affordable bicycle, not, not spend too much. Get the kind of basic, basic thing that you need and then make sure it gets fit to you because that, that has a big impact on your control over the bike. And also you can get all kinds of um, injuries and stuff if the bike's not properly fit. That's one thing. The other thing is obviously knowing how to communicate to others what, what you're doing in a group ride. So uh, at group riding, when you're putting uh, you know, your wheel on, some back, on the back of somebody else's bicycle, um, you, know, you don't have a lot of time to stop uh, if something happens. So you need to be really hyper aware of what, what the person in front of you is doing and the person in front of you needs to communicate through hand signals and whatever. If they're slowing down, if they're going to come to a stop, if they're going to take a turn or whatever. So we try to make sure people know how to do a group ride properly. That's uh, very important. 
And the other thing is, uh, you know, don't, don't ride two and three abreast, you know, ride, ride in a single file. Uh, if you have dedicated bike space, maybe you can ride like two abreast in the right circumstances, but, uh, you know, stay to the right, uh, keep your bike on the right pass on the left. That's the other thing that really irritates me sometimes when I'm in a race and I see people coming in who haven't had train proper training and they hang out on the left-hand side, they pass somebody and they hang out on the left and they block, you know, passing and they don't understand the basic rules. And I think that's the other thing that we really emphasize is the sport has very specific rules associated with it. And there are penalties and that we want to make sure our members understand all the rules involved in racing before they get to the race. And they've had a chance to practice those rules. So we, we do have a mock triathlon that we do. So everybody can kind of go through the experience once, you know, in kind of a cold environment. Yes. Um, and that is so good. And so true. You do, uh, you have set us up for success and you allowed us, even from the standpoint of coming in saying, you don't have to buy an expensive bike. I remember my first year I know you do too, Larry. And mm -hmm. I remember in this session where we were going down this list of all of the things that you need. And I was just like, so overwhelmed. I was like, what do you mean? You need a helmet. You need this, you need this. And it was just so much. And I was like, I had no idea where I was going to get a bike. And one of the coaches at the time, Liz gets was like, Hey, you know what? I think we're about the same size. I'm going to let you borrow my bike. And it was so such a cool experience because it speaks to what I said in season one and what so many others have said in season one about the community of this sport. And, uh, I borrowed her bike and I probably borrowed her bike for like two or three years. Cause she was just like, use it until whenever. And, um, that helped me cause I, also didn't know the difference between riding a bike when you're growing up and then riding a road bike. It's a completely different ball game. I had my first falls with Y-Try. I learned how to clip in with Y-Try. Like they taught me everything, like everything I needed to know. And it set me up for success. And I loved the way we trained because we did train in a very safe environment, which was Rock Creek Park. You know, Rock Creek Park has open, they blocked the roads off as much as they can to traffic. And so at least you feel safer than if you had to ride in the city streets. So I just want to say kudos to that program because I think it's super great. And it was very easy to learn how to learn how to bike again, quote unquote. So this run program, you guys have a really cool run program and that correlates on the same day as the biking. Tell us about that. And how do you incorporate bricks within the confines of training? Yeah. Yeah, so, well, we, have, we do have a good run program. One of the things we want to be very careful with, with people who are starting out uh, on training for a triathlon is uh, injury prevention. That's very important. And because what happens, what inevitably happens is people come out for the first two or three weeks and they go out on a run and they just, you know, they run as hard as they can. And, you know, and... Um, you know, they get in the spin class and they go, you know, as hard as they can and stuff. And so, as you know, we grade up the intensity of what we do in the first, first six weeks of the program. We very carefully ramp up. We do kind of a conditioning period and we gradually ramp people up in intensity. So we start with fairly short runs to begin with. And, and we do, you know, we do kind of light running light speed, not, not intense speed. And we also alternate, you know, we, on a, every couple of weeks, we'll go to a track and do a track workout and a track workout really helps the coaches because coaches can really work with people on dynamics, on running dynamics. Um, but also as we start to pick up distance, we're not seeing people go out, you know, sudden, you know, come into the program and suddenly have to do all this distance and then have an injury. So, you know, we, we really try to scale it up so that you don't start doing distance until you've really built up the, your um, conditioning to do that. And then we have right away at the beginning of the season also an injury prevention clinic with one of our PT. We have a PT organization that is a sponsor for the program, and they do these free uh, injury prevention clinics at the beginning and, and really help people understand dynamics and how to, how not to get an injury, proper stretching, things like that. And we also have 
associated with the running and the and the spinning and stuff. We have um, stretching and yoga kind of built into the program too, particularly in the early part of the program. Now, after about, I, I think it's about uh, eight or eight weeks or something, we then um, start to do what we call bricks. So the uh, you on the day that you're spinning, so basically you have one spin class a week and one run class a week. And so if you're a Tuesday spin, then you're a Thursday run and you have one swim class a week. And then we encourage people to put in an extra day of one of those, of it, one of those things on their own um, and then have a day off every week. So they're not you know, overdoing it. And then the spin once after about eight weeks, the people on the spin will finish up their spinning class put on their running shoes and go out for a run after the spinning class. So then you're getting in two runs a week that way. But the brick is really helping get people to experience that sensation of having been in a very intense spinning class and then getting off the bike, putting on your shoe, running shoes and going out for a run. And that transition in the first mile or so is... Um, a, a very different experience, as you know, Mashonda, from doing it that first mile, you know, all of a sudden you feel like you're running with bricks on your feet. So I'm sure that's, I've always felt that must be why they call it the bricks. But, but um, so we do those in, we do those in the training program, but we also, as we get into the season, we also start to do bricks outdoors, which are really kind of mini tries. You know, we, you, we ride for 25 miles and then everybody gets off their bikes and runs for uh, six miles. And, um, and again, we're lucky to have great place to do that um, in, in Washington. And, uh, and so we have, we have a, a place that's, that's well suited to being able to do that without having to compete with a lot of traffic and other people and stuff. Yes, yes, yes. I just realized what you just said, a bunch of mini tries. So technically we have been tricked into doing mini because they're not even brick. Like those are, I feel bamboozled now. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I feel bamboozled as I'm listening to you talk. It, it, it worked, work. didn't it? <laughs> it did. I mean, I'm sitting there for thinking like, wow, I didn't even think about that. I just thought you were doing a brick. You know, now when I do my bricks, they're just so different. It's like maybe two miles or whatever, or depending on the distance that I'm going towards. But wow, you really are doing, my mind is blown right now. Okay. So Larry, you have been doing this for over 22 years successful program you brought in over a thousand athletes into introducing them training them you've worked with over a hundred coaches you are the man not only in the aspect of coaching but you're the head coach of this organization but you also used to be the executive director of two different organizations and yeah. What I've learned about Y-Try is Y-Try really has some brilliant people working in there and the people selflessly given of their time, but you were doing, you know, working and then still volunteering as a head coach. How did you make time to do everything and do it well? Well, you know, it's always said in Washington that the first question you ask somebody is, where do you work? And the thing about Y-Try is it's one thing we really don't know much about other people in the Y Tri program is where they work. It's really not relevant. And so for years, you know, people would think people would come into the program as newbies and they would think I worked for the Y and, and that I was, you know, I was an official employee of the Y and I was the head coach, you know, that was my job, but actually uh, I had held down other jobs during this period that I had to work, you know, a, a full week and plus um, doing something totally different. So, um, but, uh, and that, and everybody in the program is that way. I mean, all the coaches, you know, uh, you know, we have people who uh, work on the Hill and, 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 you know, in the Congress and uh, the, but they ride across town on their bike to come and coach the swimming program. And then they get back on the bike and ride home and get changed or go up on the Hill or, 
go to work in one of the federal agencies or go work in some other job, but the, you know, high powered lawyers and, but you know, I, I've been with these people now for years and many of them, I really don't know what they do. It's just not the first question. And it's, it's a really bit of a haven for that reason. But the other thing I think about the program is, you know, Washington attracts a lot of young people who come here with no roots here. So they come here young and they have to make a place for themselves in Washington. And, and Washington's not the easiest place to make a place for yourself, you know, surprisingly. Amen to that. <laughs> and so, you know, I think many, many of them come and join the Y-Tri program and they, and they realize that this becomes their community in many ways. And, and I felt that way about the people I've been privileged to have worked with and trained with and competed with over all these years is that these are my friends. These are the friends I've made in Washington. I, you know, uh, I've, I've obviously had worked with a lot of people in town and over the years and stuff, but, but these are the people who have really stayed with me as friends. And so I think a lot of us in Y-Tri are that way. It's a very strong community. I need to echo some things that you just said there. And um, I think it's so important for anyone who's listening Sometimes no matter where you go, you can feel like you don't necessarily belong. And especially in a city like Washington, D.C., that's very high powered. And, you know, it's all about what do you do and how can you help me get to the next level? And to Larry's point, you don't know what people do until you really have a conversation. Everyone is just out there in the struggle together. And that is a beautiful part. You don't have to come and say, hey, well, what do you do? And then I'll be your friend. No, you'd be like, hey, you're a triathlete, you're my friend. And then you'll find out what I do. And I think that makes the relationship more um, authentic and true. And I love that. And so I just wanna admonish you who, wherever you are listening to this, look in your local community for clubs and organizations that will suit your need because there are some, there are clubs, there are teams that are focused on racing. If that's what you wanna do, find it. If you're looking for a family oriented team that's like kind of low key, chill, find it. If you're looking for a team that's very organized and structured and you're having an individualized coaching plan, find that. I just highly suggest you find a team that works for you. If you're in the Washington, D.C. area, there are so many triathlon teams. But I highly encourage you, if you are new to the sport, Why Try is a great place to start. I only can speak from experience because I was a part, I'm not, I was, I am a part of the organization and I see how people's lives have changed for the better as a result of being in a, a non-threatening environment. And with that said, like we've addressed so many issues, especially in 2020, you know, we've had hard conversations. We've brought things up to attention and there's always an open space and an open opportunity to have those conversations. And I appreciate that about Why Try. And I just highly commend what you're doing, Larry, Larry and your leadership that you exude. Um, and it wasn't until I was reading your bio that I knew what you did, because I just didn't know. And I'm, <laughs> that's why I asked you that question, because I'm like, oh, my gosh, I did not know. Like, you are legit, legit. You know what I'm saying? And I won't share that with anybody. But I just had no idea until today. And so well, we're now in 2022. I've been in the organization for eight years, and I'm just learning who you are, Larry. Oh. Well, I'm a triathlete, Mishanda. I mean, this, I'm very proud of that. You are. And I, and I will say that, I mean, one of the hallmarks of our program is we're a player coach model. And you're, and, and, and Mishanda is a great example of that because Mishanda came into the program for a couple of years and then she went and took the training because all of our coaches are, are people who, you know, have some basic coaching experience and knowledge and stuff. And, and with spinning, you have to be a certified spinning coach. So Mashonda got her certification and has been one of our spinning coaches. And, but, you know, we all, but we all do triathlon. I mean, that's really what it is. I, you know, there were years in which I did like seven triathlons a year. Uh, I'm not quite that doing that, that level anymore, but, uh, and I think, uh, you know, I've always, I've been kind of struck because we were a very low key program for a long time 
more of our members have started to do longer distance triathlons like half irons and Ironman races. And I'm being interviewed by an Ironman triathlon. <laughs> and, um, and uh, you know, so now we have a group really that's within the club that, that trains together for the longer distances because our program doesn't really have enough of the longer distance work. And so they put together their own long distance program for the people who are doing Ironman races. So, Yeah. And so, right. Cause why try initially the 19 week program is specific for an Olympic. So if people wanted to come in, yeah. they will come in during their first Olympic. Like I skipped the sprint phase and went straight to the Olympic. Uh, yeah. And now they have a going long. So if people want to go long, that's something that's a little bit adjunct or ad hoc. So we're getting to this point in our day. I don't want to hold you up because I know you are a busy guy and uh, you probably got your dings are coming off. So people trying to get in contact with you. So we're going to wrap this up. But thank you so much, Larry, for coming. Um, I like to brag on my guests. And so this is my opportunity to just brag on you for a little bit. Uh, just to kind of highlight some of your accomplishments because of all that you've done and that you do. I like to brag on my guests and I get an opportunity now to brag on my first coach in triathlon, Mr. Larry Atkins, who started doing races in 2001 at the age of 51, 53, excuse me, years old. He's done over a hundred races, including five Ironman distances and 20 half Ironman distances. He has a program that he developed that focuses on newbies, which now that I'm thinking about this, here I am focusing on newbies and beginners. What? This, okay, this was just a woo-woo moment. Oh, okay. And then hundreds of returning veterans. He has trained over a thousand triathletes and a hundred coaches who have come together and they do this all because of the love of triathlon. Wow. Not only to mention that, I won't go into Larry's resume, but he does some big things, y'all, some big things. And he does it and as a head coach, and he's just a selfless giver. And I just say thank you, Larry, for all of the seeds that you've planted in people, all of the people that you've watered into them. And I just am so grateful that I've had the opportunity to be under your tutelage, to learn from you, to grow from you. And as a result, I'm here today as with Try Beginner's Luck because of you as well as Leslie who like gave me my first taste of it, but then you came along and you've watered the seed that she planted. And so thank you for allowing me to even serve as a coach with Why Try and allowing uh, all the just, yeah, I'm getting tongue tied because I'm getting all super emotional, but thank you for allowing me to even serve as a coach with Why Try. And so now we get to go into our fun part of this sport. Did you want to say something, Larry? I, well, no, I, that's fine. Go ahead. Okay. So now we get to go into the fun part of this interview where it's rapid fire questions. Don't think too long. The answer should be very short and succinct. And uh, it's just going to be really cool, really fun. Okay. Okay. All right. What is your favorite thing about triathlon? Oh, my favorite thing about triathlon. You know what I love about triathlon is when I'm on a long race and I'm on a bike and I'm out in a beautiful place. And I've been in some beautiful places like the Canadian Rockies or the Adirondack Mountains and, and have a, a, you know, particularly in an Ironman race where I'll be out there for six hours or a little bit more. And it's so beautiful and there's no, I don't have to worry about traffic. I don't have to worry about stop signs, stop lights. It's, I just ride and I can get into a zone and it's really just a transporting experience to me. I love it. So with that, where is your favorite place to bike? Since you said you've biked in some beautiful places, what's been your favorite? Ooh, um, well, I, I think the most beautiful was uh, when I did the Whistler uh, Half Ironman a couple of years ago and uh, just riding through the Rocky, Canadian Rocky Mountains was, was pretty amazing. Um, it was very beautiful. Uh, you know, uh, I really enjoy, I, do, I must say, I really enjoy our rides up Rock Creek Park. You know, I do it all the time and it never gets old. 
I would have again, to again, we're lucky to have us have that place. Yeah. We really are. We're so blessed. Yeah. Okay. What are two things that you wouldn't leave home without? You mean a triathlon? Or, yes, or, a triathlon. <laughs> a triathlon. Mm -hmm. Ah, well, it's not, if you're going to a race, it's a bad idea to leave home without your helmet, your bike helmet, because that tends to be a race ending event. Um, and I would leave home on my bicycle without having pumped up my tires first. And I always like to tell everybody, pump your tires before you come to your Saturday morning ride. It's the air for me, because if you don't have air in those tires, that's a miserable day. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay. What is your favorite end of race treat? Is it beer, wine, water, or soda? Mm, I'd say, well, first of all, there's nothing like a Coca-Cola, which I normally do not drink, and I don't recommend anybody ever drinking it, but if it's the best thing, it just feels so good at the end of a race. And I'll tell you, on a long Ironman race, on the run, a flat, warm Coke, either that or, or a um, chicken, warm chicken broth. But warm chicken broth, which is very salty, very good for you. So those things would be, and then I think there's no, there's no question of good race. A really good race has good pizza at the end. Okay. Pizza's a thing. It's a real thing. Now I'm not, I'm not giving nutrition advice here. No, you don't have to give nutrition advice. If look at me still getting tongue tied, you do not have to give nutrition advice. We're just asking you what you like, what you want. It's all about you, Larry. <laughs> Who or what inspires you? Oh my gosh. Um, you know, I'm inspired by the people who come into the program and put so much of themselves into what they want to accomplish and then go out on. And, and I know that for, for some of our athletes, it's a challenge. It's a real challenge to get through a triathlon and they put everything into it and, and they make it happen. I just find that to be inspiring to me over and over and over again. You know, I talked about swimming before. We had somebody in the program who you know, Mishanda, who uh, the first time he was started to swim, he sank like a rock. I had never seen a, a human being sink like that because everybody can naturally float if you let yourself float, right? He, he could not naturally float. And I thought, oh, this, I don't know how, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to make this work. And he's one of our best, you know, most committed triathletes today. And he, and he does, he just keeps racing and he keeps doing well. And so I see those kinds of things and I just admire, you know, and I admire you, Mishanda, because you've put so much of yourself into the sport and you, you're just so great. So, but that's, that's my, where I get my inspiration. Oh, thanks, Larry. You're giving me all the woos. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Are you a transition minimalist? Goldilocks where everything is just right or a kitchen sink space holder where you just bring everything? So I'm very opposed to the kitchen sink, uh, partly because if you are next to me, racked up next to me with the kitchen sink, chances are I'm stepping on it. I'm, you're, you know, it's going to bleed into my space at some point so i'm i'm more of a minimalist i think um you know i think it's important to be prepared but you don't need a lot of stuff and i and i'm a big advocate of it's not about the equipment it's about you 90 percent of the performance is you 10 percent is the equipment and you know we had a we had a guy in the program one year who who came to the race he had a t-shirt a bathing suit, a pair of shorts, a pair of sneakers, running shoes. Uh, he had a bike he borrowed, and he did the race, and he did a great job. I love it. It's not about the equipment. It's about you. Hashtag, come on, Larry. That's a good one right there. Okay. 
So this is going to get more personal and I'm going somewhere with this because I want people to know that there's truly, you can do this forever and ever. When was your last Ironman that you did or your last half Ironman that you did? Wasn't it like two or three years ago? I did. I did a half iron. Yeah. It was 2018, I think. Okay. And 2018, you were how old? Um, 70, probably 70. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 70 doing a half iron. And you, you yeah. And then I believe it was either 2020 or 2021, you rolled all around New York, was it? Yeah, I did the Empire State Trail last uh, summer. We, we rode from, actually we couldn't get to the Canadian border because it was closed. So we went to Burlington, Vermont and rode around Lake Champlain and then came down the Empire State Trail, 415 miles to New York. It was fun, it was good. And at what age was that? Well, 70. Mm -hmm. listen it's never too late to try and you can keep doing it until like Larry is still very active today he is an embodiment of what this sport can do to you and to keep you healthy Larry I just commend you thank you so much for coming to try beginner's luck and talking to uh, my audience and I just thank you. And I guess I will see you very shortly. I'll see you. In, yes. uh, I'll see you in. At the, <laughs> I can't even get it. I'll see you at. <laughs> I will see you at practice. Look, I'm dreading see it because it's so practice. cold. It's so cold. I'm like, no, I don't want to see you at practice, but it's so cold. All right. Shonda, this is such a great pleasure for me to be here with talking with you today. And I hope and encourage all of your listeners who are beginners that you can do it. You can really do it. And um, don't don't get too you know scared. It yes. just get a good program and you'll you'll do it. So thank you, Michelle. Thank you. And whenever you try beginners, like you already know, you always win. So until next episode, I'm Ashonda and I'm out. Thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode. We need your help so we can continue to try at TBL. So for more information on where you can find and subscribe to this podcast, visit www.trybeginnersluck.com. And don't forget, whenever you try beginner's luck, you always win.